Welcome everyone to series two of the Brickheads podcast. My name is Jamie, aka the Brick Educator. I'm joined today by Thomas. It's lovely to actually have you in today. Oh yeah, I'm uh, so glad to be able to join you today. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on for the new season. It's been a while. Um, April was the last time I recorded an episode. So this <laughs> new season is very much going to be about the people behind the Lego account. So not just what do you do and what do you build, but actually what do you enjoy about the process and what actually makes you tick. So with Thomas, um, he's not only on TikTok, but he's also over on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Thomas, I'll just let you kind of um, chat about what you do, what you create and what got you into the accounts in the first place. So over to you. Okay, sure. Well, I appreciate that. I, um, so, I mean, as you might have guessed, I, I am a Lego TikToker. I kind of fell into it uh, just out of, um, uh, you know, my, my wife uh, was watching a lot of TikTok uh, about a year ago. And um, and I was like, why do I keep hearing the, the same sound over and over again? And I didn't understand what it was. Um, <laughs> and so then I downloaded the app uh, because I, uh, I thought, well, let's check it out. And uh, and somehow I, I almost immediately ended up uh, on a lot of uh, Star Wars videos. Uh, I must have an affinity for Star Wars or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I, I thought, you know, I, I have some hot takes and, and, and I thought I would share some of those. And from there, it kind of migrated directly into Lego Star Wars. And I thought, oh, Oh, I have a whole bunch of those. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've moved around a lot in my life. I, I've moved like eight times in 10 years. And so my Lego has been boxed up and unboxed and boxed up so many times. Um, but I, I, I knew we've, we've lived in our home now for um, well, almost three years now. And I was like, oh, I think most of those are, you know, uh, underneath the stairs downstairs. So I, you know, I went down and, and I, I dug them out because I'd, I'd seen a couple of people post uh, some videos of, of what they kind of considered older sets. And I thought, oh, no, I've, I've got you schooled. Um, so <laughs> I pulled that one. And I think my one of my first videos that was that was, uh, you know, decently uh, produced involved just finding a box of, uh, of some 1999 Star Wars Lego sets, and I had the Snow Speeder, and I had the ATAT, and or AT-AT if you prefer, and I had uh, the Republic gunship. Um, a lot of uh, uh, really uh, fairly desirable older sets, and so that's that's kind of where I where I got into um, you know putting my stuff back together, and and I ended up connecting with some creators who were already pretty well established and and uh and got ideas from them just on uh you know what is what is interesting and uh what what really kicked off my interest was just seeing that oh um there are actually people who are still out there enjoying lego and and still building with it and still loving it and and lego is still a really thriving thing and a thriving community um Mm -hmm. I apologize for rambling, but but yeah, that's that's really kind of how I how I got into creating content on on TikTok is just um, out of, of seeing some other people post videos about it. I was like, oh, I have those too, and, <laughs> and I went and started documenting it. <laughs> yeah, it's all about sharing the passion as well. It's like you see other creators being super excited about their creations and what they have in their collection, where you have then finally found other people who share your 
you, your same love of a certain product and for you guys it is very much and for me as well lego and then lego star wars and um, in mm-hmm. terms of your days in tiktok i'm guessing like me it kind of came from pandemic era something to do something to keep you occupied and then it kind of escalated into more of a a hobby and a passion rather than just a boredom killer but what sort of creators that are still active now would be first that you kind of got inspiration from that you still kind of interact with today okay so one of the first creators that i connected with that i uh, that i still follow and who is still actually active uh, is madagus bricks um and oh. he just the way that he presents his uh, his content it, it it's it's just so positive it's so uplifting and, and genuine feeling that it just immediately I latched on to it um, because so often you you hear um, critique or, or cynicism when it comes to, oh, this new set came out and it doesn't have blah, blah, blah in it. And, you know, good grief. Um, you know, can't we just be you know grateful for what we get? Um, yeah. So that's uh, honestly, he's just one of the uh, the most inspirational TikTokers that I've that I've seen the entire time I've been on the platform. Um, and he's kind of reduced his uh, his number of videos lately, um, and I know that that is due to um, he's got a lot going on um, professionally and personally, and, and that's totally understandable. Um, but I still look up to him, and I, and I think he's a, a an inspirational creator. Yes, and, and I completely agree with the positivity that he kind of exerts on his account. He's just I've never seen him say he doesn't like a Lego set. He's there's no negativity and. He has a creator. The Avengers Tower he created is stunning. Yeah. And I, oh, it's incredible. You mentioned <laughs> one of your videos you did recently. You were in the New York uh, Lego store. Uh, it may have been from a few weeks <laughs> mm-hmm. ago. Um, but you mentioned that it, it's nearly as good as Maticus is. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. In the comments, where is he? Has he seen the compliment? If not, I'm going to tag him. And he did. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it, all about that as well. Um, so, in. In terms of like Lego TikTok itself, obviously there's huge, there's a huge population of what we refer to as T folks, so teenage fans of Lego, and sure. then we are then the category of A folks, so we're the adult fans. And I do find that our content compared to T folks is very, very different. Um, mm-hmm. T folks for the more racy style content; they go for the stuff that's more trending on TikTok, whereas the A folks. Mm-hmm it for what lego's value is and kind of how to be creative and how to be a designer and engineer whereas i find the t-folds like to smash the lego on the floor and get likes out of it do Ooh, you yeah. <laughs> first type of videos i see it i'm like oh get off my fyp oh, it kills me <laughs> but then in terms for the afol community i find yes we're playing with children's toys because they are marketed towards children but now we've seen the move into the adults welcome style market. What's your views of where Lego is kind of going next and how us as AFOLs are going to be able to use it more beneficially rather than just using it as a Lego set? What do you see Lego moving into, do you think? Well, I mean, look at how much they've focused recently on the AFOL community, um, how the, the marketing and the branding has changed in a lot of their higher end sets. I mean, okay, five years ago, could you imagine they were going to create an Aston Martin, the James Bond car? Oh my goodness, um, it's amazing! And, and the way that they have, the, with the, you know, the darker colored boxes, the the type of printing that is minimalist, um, it's obviously geared in that direction. And I I think I remember reading something from the Lego Group that that said that they were um, 
kind of recognizing that that was a really strong growing market and they wanted to lean into it. Um, I, I think that's definitely a, a direction that they're going in. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think they're taking their foot off the gas when it comes to, um, you know, still embracing the fact that this is um, originally and intentionally a, a children's uh, toy as well. Um, I think that they can they can straddle the line between that and and market to both audiences, to both demographics. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the direction they're going in. I, I feel like for, you know, the, the majority of, of my life and I'm 33, um, it, it felt like, eh, you know, it's it's for kids. Um, and probably it was like a 90 percent kids, 10 percent, um, you know, strange adult people, um, you know, but, <clears throat> you know, now it's like. <laughs> now, now it's uh, more like oh, it's maybe even more like sixty forty or fifty fifty. I don't know. Absolutely. I could be way off on that. No, I I would agree. It's like I think obviously with the the community that I work with, I see teachers using it, I see children using it, I see teenagers, I see families mm-hmm. using it. I think if you're an adult Lego collector, an AFOL, and you haven't ever been on social media, you may think you're the odd one out, and you may think that yeah. you're like the black family and i think it's really important for people to realize there is a as you said there's a huge network of people out there which has changed over the years where it's it's fine to be an adult and to love and to build with lego and just to sit and just build a set and not feel guilty about it and just be like yeah it's like i've done workshops with um adult learning groups and special needs children and adults using lego as the tool for therapy and it's fantastic mm-hmm. because it's accessible yeah build with it it's it's tactile you can make something visually something mentally it's great and and i think what i see with the lego route with this adults welcome set is they are gearing more towards display pieces now do you think it's important for adult lego sets to be display only or would you like them to have more play features such as the aston martin that's got like the ejector seat and the little hidden details what would you which style do you prefer? I so I think that the display pieces are lovely. Um, the Imperial Probe, probe Droid um, is uh, is just beautiful, but it's also a delicate kind of beautiful. Beautiful. Um, the the Probe Droid is is uh, is beautiful, but it's it's delicate. Um, you can't really touch it. Those arms just fall right off. Um, same thing with the Botanical Collection. It's beautiful, but um, you know it, it's not functional beauty. Um, I absolutely prefer um well, not prefer but I, I i appreciate both of them but but i maybe lean in the direction of um functional beauty like what you mentioned with the all the the bells and whistles on the aston martin or um the r2d2 uh, ultimate collector series model um, look at how many functions are within that um and what i can really just uh, step back and appreciate is the engineering behind it um, the way that, that we can craft this uh, this model that appears on the surface already to be a beautiful display piece. But then you you step closer and you look, oh, press this and this comes out, touch that and this opens up. It's it's just incredible uh, the way that we can create these things. Um, that's where I really um, have an extra layer of appreciation, I think. It's such as the, uh, the Mario 64 question mark cube. On display, fantastic. You look in the, into the engineering, it's a phenomenal bit of design. Oh, it's incredible, um, yeah. There's, there's so many Easter it, eggs in it. Same thing with the Nintendo, oh, uh, the uh, the original NES uh, build. That is incredible. And, and the fact that they hid within it 
um, other Easter eggs that you don't even see unless you're building it, like the the scene oh. from uh, like the side-scrolling scene from Mario that's just tucked yeah. inside the build. Fab. I mean, and I think I mean you've probably seen I, I did a series recently on my account all about like, hidden Easter eggs and references in other Lego sets, and it's yeah. like so there's sort of Bionicle references recently, not only in it was in Hidden Side and Harry Potter, but they know adults are still purchasing new lego sets but they're almost thanking them for coming back by referencing the sets from their childhood which i think is a is yes. lovely because you talk to any uh, you talk to a child you'd be like oh do you know what bionicle is and they're not going to have a clue unless their parents had it it's not relevant there's it's not in the market now mm-hmm. however their parents uh, i mean have they have the purchase power so if they recognize something and they enjoy it and they appreciate it they're, they're going to obviously buy more which is a it's very good marketing by lego <laughs> to be honest oh absolutely um, yeah uh, and then you've got things like again the super uh the, the nes sorry um a child's not going to know what that is they're gonna look at it and they think it's a big gray cube and be like what on earth why is that a lego set and then you see mum and dad geeking out because it's a game they had from their childhood it's like lego of that they, they've tapped into nostalgia which is oh great absolutely. to see yeah well, think about even the uh, like the ideas set, the Pirates of Barracuda Bay. I mean, that is a it, it's a direct inspiration from the 1989 uh, Black Seas Barracuda pirate ship. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it's like imagining what happened to that ship and it's it's wrecked and and the pirates are now living in it or whatever. That's it, it's so cool to see that kind of um, uh, nostalgia. That I mean, I know they're capitalizing off of it, but. I'm okay with them capitalizing off of that because I love it. But there's still a toy company at the end. I think people people question it all the time. It's like, why is Lego expensive? And it's like, well, they're, they are a business. They need to make money. And they go, why is Star Wars so expensive? It's like, because they need to pay Disney for the license. <laughs> oh, you exactly. Start thinking, I mean, how many times I've had to explain that one? Oh, honestly. But then when you then start to think about the business behind it, it's like, yeah, they're not a charity. They're not giving away Lego for free. <laughs> right, yeah. And you wouldn't expect them to, would you? I mean... No, obviously there is the Lego Foundation who do a huge amount for charity and children from uh, deprived backgrounds. Like they've worked with Sesame Street recently and did a whole oh, yeah. series of like cool stuff, which is phenomenal. But at the end of the day, their core market is the plastic brick, and it costs money to make, and they're going to make money by selling it. So, mm-hmm. and it kind of leads me into kind of the next topic of Lego Star Wars. And kind of my gripes with Lego Star Wars and maybe some of yours as well. Um, so I'll start with yourself. So in terms of Lego Star Wars, what are your favorite sets? What are your least favorite sets? And what do you stop? What do you want Lego to stop doing with Lego Star Wars? <laughs> um, well, OK, so my favorite <laughs> sets, <laughs> I, I'll start with the positive. So um, my favorite sets are um, ones that that enable you to really use your imagination. And um, honestly, one of the things that I loved doing a lot when I was younger was uh, was after I'd built something, say uh, the Republic gunship from, I think that was in like 2002 or 2003, um, and take it back apart and then, you know, build a, a base out of it or, you know, build two or three other ships or something like that. Um, those those bigger ones that, that afford you a lot of variety and pieces and multiple minifigures, um, those are some of the most fun because you can really kind of create 
different scenes and different um, uh, you know mocks. Uh, we didn't call them that you know back in the '90s, but uh, but yeah, you can create your own mocks out of them. Uh, yeah, so some of my favorite sets are the ones that uh, that enable you to really use your imagination like that. Um, but um, one of the things that I that I probably would like for Lego to maybe uh, get away from is is just creating the same thing over and over again. And I, I can recognize that we have made substantial improvements on the uh, the, the land speeder, but oh my goodness. We don't need one every two years. Um, we, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would argue we don't need an Ultimate Collector Series version of it either. But I guess we'll see where that goes. Um, it's just a bit much. Um, so I, I would like to see maybe some more variety. Um, you know, if, if you're looking on uh, on something like Bricklink and looking at the uh, number of sets that are produced in each of the uh, um, movies, you've got 47 of them for Episode One, 26 for Episode Two. 48 for episode three, 181 sets that are based on episodes four, five, and six. Uh, we have an obvious uh, direction we've leaned in, and it's original trilogy, which I can understand because uh, that's probably where the vast majority of fan base is. Um, if you look at the broad picture, um, it's where Star Wars came from. It's what we can all recognize. We say, oh, Darth Vader, Princess Leia, um, a TIE fighter, you know, those kinds of things. They're iconic. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't have some nuance and variety in there. We've had like, five versions of a TIE fighter in a couple of decades here. Um, how about a TIE bomber or a new version of the uh, TIE interceptor? There's variety, definitely, that we could get into. Um, and I, you know, I can 100% appreciate what LEGO has done with some of its newest iterations of these same things because they're really well done. Uh, no matter what somebody says, oh, a new TIE fighter is too small or whatever, it, you know, it's, it's still really well made. Um, so I can I can appreciate that. I just would love to see maybe some more uh, variety, maybe something from other eras too. Well, we only have twelve sets that come from the Rise of Skywalker. It's not probably most people's favorite movie, but there's still a lot of good stuff we can create out of it. Come on. If you could sit down with Lego and pitch them a Lego Star Wars build, what would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. <laughs> like a scene, like something like the Hoth. I don't ever refer to it as an Ultimate Collector series, series host because I don't think it deserves the title. Um, but like that, <laughs> it was a bit basic for a UCS. I was like, come on, a lot more. I this. know. And, well, and the fact that I feel like a lot of people's complaint was like, there's no like base plate or anything to kind of stick it all together, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, honestly, like, if you've got white shelves, great. But if not, it's going to stick out a little bit. So yeah, maybe like yeah. a whole seat rather than just a vehicle what, what would you fancy in your collection i would so i think something that is iconic and that uh that would look beautiful on anybody's shelf um would be a lego version of the jedi temple the way that oh, it appears yeah. in the prequels yeah and, and and what i want is not just just a facade but but with a full interior something where you can um lift the top off of it and get access to, um, you know, the, the temple library and uh, the training area for Padawans and meditation area where Yoda is and and uh, kind of a, a full play set version of the Jedi Temple. Um, that would be my ideal kind of set to pitch. Um, and, and I would want to have a good variety of Jedi, probably ones that, um, you know, I feel like we'd need to have a, a couple that, that are 
you know, really well known and prominent like Yoda, Mace Windu, um, Obi-Wan, um, but then some that are, are maybe a little bit less common, like uh, Jocasta New, the, the, the one who takes care of the library, um, maybe some others that, that you just don't see very often. Um, that would be that would be really neat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know what people would then end up creating on TikTok with it. You would definitely get the oh, younglings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a thing. But, uh, but no, no, in terms for uh, a fully modular style, amazing to see. So in terms for your main collection, has it always been uh, Lego Star Wars or have you collected other themes? What makes your main Lego passion? What What is it in your collection that you really enjoy the most? Yeah, so... Um... Like you mentioned, it is probably majority Star Wars. Probably three of my five main shelves are all Star Wars. Um, but since I was a child, I've always collected a variety of different themes. Uh, pretty much anything that came out, I was like, oh, I want that. Um, when the Rock Raiders came out, um, I, I loved those. I collected a whole lot of them. Um, I collected Bionicle. I, I collected Pirates. They were probably, um, Pirates were my first theme, actually. Um, I've always been a big fan of classic space. Um, the Spurious, the Ice Planet, some of those more obscure ones, Mtron, uh, Unitron, a lot of a uh, lot of sub themes within space. Honestly, that uh, that you can uh, appreciate. I've got a big Spurious poster um, in my Lego room too. So uh, those those are my favorites. Actually, my first set I think was um, the Lagoon Lockup that came out in 1991, and I had like five minifigs uh, in it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I always felt like with the older sets, you got a lot more minifigures for your money than oh, what yeah. you do today. It may just be me, but I'll definitely notice there's a distinct lack of, like, three or four is going to be your max, unless it's like a Lego City set or something exclusive yes. to a film. But yeah, your your standard set does feel a lot uh, minifigure lacking, I would probably say. I would agree, yeah. The... Um... The Lagoon Lockup one, I mean, you get uh, you get the pirate captain, you get uh, a pirate who is locked up, and then you get three soldiers, um, two varieties of them as well. So, yeah, I mean, they really give you a good variety there. And I think it only has like um, like less than 200 pieces in it still, but um, it's got some unique stuff in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. <clears throat> well, that's a really good kind of uh, insight into like who you are, what you do, why you love Lego. But I'd like to do a bit of a quick fire round, just like lots of questions and then top of your yeah. head, just something that comes to mind. Um, so if you could bring back a Lego theme that's been discontinued, what would it be? Bionicle. <laughs> oh, lovely. Favorite minifigure? Oh, Redbeard the Pirate. Oh, good choice. Um, <laughs> Pitch any film or TV series to Lego, which would be turned into a Lego theme. What would it be? Oh, SG, Stargate SG-1. Ooh, first ever Lego set you purchased as a AFOL. Oh, um, first ever set that I purchased as an AFOL. Um, that's a good question. Um, oh, no, um, I know what it was. It was the um, ATDP from Star Wars Rebels. Nice. Um, yeah. Earliest memory. Of building Lego, earliest memory of building Lego, um, sitting on the floor at my parents' house when I was um, four years old, building a pirate set that I'd gotten for Christmas. Nice, very good. <laughs> uh, least favorite Lego theme currently in the market? Oh, currently in the market. Um, 
Oh, I don't know. Um, is is Kima still a thing? Shima? Is that still out? Finished a few years ago. Did they stop a few years ago? That was that was probably my my least favorite uh, that I'd seen. Um, I don't think I have a least favorite. I like everything that's out right now. Nice, very cool. Um, okay, well, okay, okay, Jamie. I'll preface this. I don't collect Lego friends. <laughs> I I have a few friends in the collection, but purely the animal based sets. <laughs> hamsters and stuff like that just because i'm a big animal fan so. <laughs> i also don't buy much Lego friends I, also don't, I don't like the way it's marketed towards girls it doesn't need to be mm-hmm. it can be right exactly anyone. because it's pink and purple doesn't mean it's girls only but i exactly. think that's been addressed um lovely um final question but final quick fire one um what one lego set that you cannot currently get hold of would you want in your collection? So what's that white whale Lego set, which we refer to it in the community of like, you know, it's out there. You just can never find it, but you really want it. I would say the cloud city set, the ultimate collector series cloud city would be that, that one gym that I would love to have in the collection. Nice. Very cool. And um, thanks so much, Thomas. It's been really nice chatting with you. Uh, today yeah. just to kind of find more about you about you but kind of what makes you kind of want to create content and why do you do it um so one thing i always ask um the guests on the podcast is um for any new podcasters new creators new people to lego to tiktok what's the bit of advice that you have learned throughout your social media journey your creator journey that you would want to kind of pass on to them as your big tips for being a new creator that's great. Uh, that's a really good question. So what I always tell people, um, and I'm not big by any means, but but what I do is just to be authentic. Um, you don't have to try to, to jump on every single trend that takes place. Um, just be yourself. Do something that is enjoyable to you. Um, and I feel like people see your enjoyment uh, when, when they watch something that feels real. Um, so that's that's all that I do. Um, you know, if it, if it stops being fun, then stop doing it. Absolutely agree. And it's the advice that I give to people. It's exactly what you said. It's be unique, be yourself. Do it because you enjoy doing it. Don't do it because you want to become an influencer or you want to Mm -hmm. become a social media star because you're going to turn it into uh, a labor of love rather than a passion, which social media is very much, yes, you can become famous. Yes, you can get a job out of it. But if that is your goal, you, you may be disappointed unless you absolutely nail it and you become a viral sensation overnight. Um, mm-hmm. Go in, begin with, with your, you want to share your passion and you're doing it for the love of doing it. Much like Lego, you're not building it because you just have to build it. You build it because you want to build it and you want to then learn new things and share your hobby with people. So yeah. So Thomas, it's been absolutely lovely chatting to you. Uh, before we go, where can people find more of you online? Just uh, the main presence is on TikTok, Obi-Wan Kenobricks, K-E-N-O-B-R-I-C-K-S. I I know that's a mouthful. Um, Same handle on Instagram. And I have a a fairly small YouTube channel. Um, Haven't really put a whole lot into that, but uh, perhaps at some point here again, it's always about doing what you enjoy. Absolutely. 
Lovely. Thomas, thank you so much again. And for everyone that's listening, thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode. Um, always looking for new guests to chat to. So feel free to drop me an email at thebrickeducator at gmail.com if you'd like to get involved. And we will speak to you all very, very soon. Bye-bye, everyone.